Welcome to Holding Center, a podcast created to help you own and hold center stage, not only on show day, but also in your life. I'm your host, Ashley Markham, owner of Myo Strength, and joined with me is my co-host, Ashley Spoker, owner of B&B Fit. Let's hold center. Yo, Spilks, what's going on, mama? How are you? is going on i am good um let's go with you first and then we'll talk about my um my nutrition intake problem because that'll stumble into our topic today but oh yeah for sure for sure yeah yeah. i'm feeling so much better post-covid i'm still like blowing up big snot globules but like i am feeling better like i got to train yesterday and I pushed myself really, really hard. And that was something that like felt really good to do because before I was just like sweating on my couch and now I'm like sweating in the gym. So it (laughs) feels really good to be able to do that. Um, My back injury isn't nearly as bad. I'm still doing like the fire and ice, like infrared sauna cryotherapy duo. And then I have a massage today. So hopefully that just continues to heal. I am also injecting TB 500. Well, I'm not Erica's because it's like not my low back. Like you would think it's like, I know we talked about it earlier where it was like in between my ribs, kind of like where my shoulder blade is. It was like one of those intercostal tears. So this motherfucker is literally taking an insulin pen with TB 500 and going in between my ribs. And it's still like sub Q, but like, bro, it hurts. It hurts big time. Dude. I, I bet. But the real question we want to know is like, can you taste again? (laughs) Okay. So here's the deal. Yes, it is a little muted, but I can taste. I like know what I'm drinking and eating now. So like Eric's window of opportunity to poison me is now come to a close because I definitely would taste like that cyanide arsenic bullshit. Um, but no, I can taste again because like that sucks. Yeah, dude, eat like a whole clove of garlic. That should open up that palate. That's right. I've been like really fucking with cinnamon lately. Like cinnamon's like going on everything. Like I'll have like rice, salt, cinnamon, green beans, chicken, or I might do bison. I'll put cinnamon Mm. on my fruit. Like, I don't know what it is, but I I love cinnamon. It's probably my favorite spice, but because I couldn't taste it in COVID, now my body's like, give me the cinnamons. (laughs) It's no, it's let's be real here. It's like, because it's going to be fall and you're a basic that's right. Like, you know what's funny is I don't think I've ever had a pumpkin spice latte. Ooh, that's crazy. I don't think I have. I think I, maybe I have like once. And I, so here's my thing. So I like pumpkin, but like pumpkin puree. I used to put it in my oatmeal. So like anything that's like pumpkin flavored, I can't, I'm not, it's just like, doesn't do it for me because it's Dude, so yes. different. You know I what love I'm- pumpkin in my oats or my Greek yogurt. Cause like oh, I'll eat my yeah. own pumpkin spice. I won't buy pumpkin spice. I'll make my own. So you can like actually have, I, cause I love cinnamon. So I put more cinnamon mm-hmm. more than like the pre-bought, but like, yeah, I'll put it in my oats. I'll put it in my Greek yogurt. I'll eat it out of the fucking can. Like I loved canned mm-hmm. pumpkin too. Like, it's just so comforting. Even if it's like in the fridge, you know, like I'll just like spoon that bitch. Like, like I'm a baby, you know, cause it's like baby food essentially. Yeah. And it's like, it's crazy. Cause I think it's like, it's more bitter, obviously. So yeah. it's like when we do taste that pumpkin spice stuff. It's like really sweet. That's so funny that you're like that too. Cause I'm like, yeah, like I don't, it doesn't like people are like, oh my God, pumpkin spice latte and stuff. And I'm like, it doesn't do it for me. I will say there was this one brand that was like, they had a pumpkin pie Greek yogurt. Um, Oh, I can't even remember the brand. It's oh, like was a, it fit and active? I think so. Yeah. 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 Did it have the purple lid on it? Yes. yes. I, yes. This, 
so nasty. So I would go to the store and buy all of them. I would buy literally all of them and I would have them. And like the expiration dates would be good until like January. Did you so freeze like, them? I, uh, so no, I would eat them so quick. I'd eat one. Okay. Yeah. I freeze just, mine. Because I love those too. Those were so fucking good. Oh yeah. That's going to be like my thing that if someone's like, what do you miss most about being gluten and dairy free? It's that. And they're like limited edition. And like, I would go around to like different like Walmarts and like giant Eagles is like what we have in Ohio. And it's like to buy all of them. Mm-hmm. And it, like, you know, and then like when they get towards like December or like right after Thanksgiving, they'll be on sale for like 60 cents a cup, which is like unheard of now since it's 2023 and like inflation is crazy. But yeah, so like that's my my jam. But I'm glad that you're doing a lot better. I'm glad your back injury is better and that you got to train. That's mm-hmm. like really good because I know like mentally that was kind of hard for you. So it's good to learn to take those breaks and kind of sit with those emotions, but then also to get yourself back into the swing of things have that like immense amount of like gratitude to be like holy shit like mm-hmm. yeah like that was hard like I'm never gonna take this for granted again and like you won't yeah. and it's crazy how like things like that can can really just change your mindset and being like wow like I really am like so grateful because there's been times where I mean I'm guilty of it I've complained where I'm like oh, I don't want to go train like I'm, I just don't want to fucking do this today but then like when you don't have the ability to actually do it like it really mm-hmm. puts in perspective like how much it matters to you like how grateful you are to like be able to like move your body and have that option to just walk out your front door and go to the fucking gym yeah yeah because eric always gives me like a pep talk when i'm in those moods because like what was really hard it wasn't like what people need to understand it was like it was three weeks of this right like mm-hmm. i fucked up my back and it wasn't even like a low back injury it was just like one of those like stabilizer like intercostal muscles right so you can't do anything for it other than just be patient right like you know you can like kind of speed up like by using tb500 and like like cryotherapy like i did but even then you just have to be patient so it was three weeks of only training twice a week. And then I got hit with COVID. And then because it was the end of my growth phase, then I like, you know, went down to my, my normal TRT dosage. Right. So mentally as an athlete, I felt almost like a failure because I didn't like finish my growth phase strong. It it was exactly how I felt when we rang in the new year, um, practically nine months ago. Right. Like how I ended and began my new year is I was sick with that stomach virus that was going around. And like, I saw everyone in the gym being like, oh, the last lift of 2022. And I'm like, literally like making out with my toilet bowl, just like heaving my soul into the bowl. And I'm like, God damn it. Right. So it's like, as, as an athlete for me, I felt like I was failing, but in reality, I was exactly where I needed to be. Like I got sick for a reason. I got injured for a reason. Right. And it was to teach me that it was okay to slow down. And it's not about like, making the the most progress at the end it's about like how you choose to live your day in and day out and showing mm-hmm. up for yourself and you know as eric has been teaching me in these moments you can't control what cards you get dealt but you can control how you play your hand and that for me has kind of been like my mantra um the past three weeks and i've definitely fucked up a lot i definitely had like what was me moments like i would boohoo bitch about it but at the end of the day mm-hmm. like i reminded myself that like this is a privilege to do what I do when it comes to being an athlete, but also being a coach, like I am very privileged and very blessed. And even when I'm having like a little temper tantrum, I tell myself, you are still privileged. You are still blessed. And like that, as much as like, I hate to admit it, like it does make me feel better. Cause it's like, damn it. Like you're right. I still have like a fridge full of food. I have a husband that loves me. I have two cats that, although they fuzz up my fucking house, I love snuggling them. So like for me, practicing gratitude and the moments where I'm having an attitude has mm-hmm. really helped me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Gratitude is definitely 
is so powerful, honestly, mm-hmm. especially when we are on a lower, I'm going to call it a lower vibration because that's how I view things like that. Um, but yeah, it can definitely be upsetting when you feel like you're failing as an athlete, um, especially when we are coaches, because we do hold ourselves to a higher standard. Yep. Uh, kind of like what I've been going through the last couple of weeks is like my nutrition has been not like, I don't want to say like awful. I just can't hit it, so to speak. So yeah. Um, the main issue is I'm, I'm pretty constipated. So, and yes, me and my coach are working through this. We are, we have supplements going in, but it's kind of one of those things. It's like, what am I doing day in and day out? Right. Like, am I just saying like, fuck it, like fuck all my nutrition? Like, no, like I'm still planning my days out for my macros. Like this is exactly what I want to hit. And then come the time it's like, all right, are we, are we forcing it? Maybe are we not because am I, is it going to make me more sick kind of thing? But yeah, we can have that, you know, thoughts in our heads where we're like, woe is me. Like, this is terrible. Like I already went through a whole gut protocol, gut phase, health phase a year ago. And now it's like kind of back. So it's just like one of those things that's like, oh man, like this is, this is wild. Right. Um, but like having that gratitude, it's like, cool. Like I am lucky enough to be able to hire a coach that understands this. I'm lucky enough to be able to buy the supplements I need to understand that my body just needs more time. Um, I'm still grateful that I'm training during this phase because sometimes that has to go. Right. So, um, you know, when it comes down to, to kind of like what we are both dealing with, like, yeah, it can definitely be difficult, but like having that gratitude and um, that mindset really, really, I think one also like makes it a little bit easier, but two, I honestly think it like heals us quicker in my personal Mm -hmm. opinion. Like it makes things like go smoother, go easier um, in that aspect. But um, so with that being said, since my nutrition kind of sucks, not that it sucks, like my choices don't suck. I'm just like, little bit on like, what should I be doing um, to kind of compensate for some of these things? We are going to be talking about nutrition today mm-hmm. and we're going to take it um, quite a few steps back since Ash and I know a lot about nutrition, but we want to educate you guys on more so the basics and how to kind of set up, you know, your macro, so to speak, um, what you should be intaking. Um, what we want to do is like teach you to be your own coach, right? Because as of right now, like student loans are kicking back up. That's going to be infected, uh, impacting Eric and I, like obviously back to school starting up. So like some people are teachers and this isn't like a, a time to like go down the rabbit hole of like teachers not getting paid enough and having to use their own money for school supplies. But like you get what I'm saying, like back to school can be expensive. You know, education can be expensive, if especially if you're a college kid paying your own way. So essentially we want to try to give you the tools and the resources to be your own coach and try to make some semblance of, of progress and navigate through the weeds of all this fitness bullshit that you see on like Instagram and TikTok And I don't know what, what other like social media is there that, that are popular with the kids right now. Do people still Snapchat? I don't. So I've never really Snapchat. Um, I'm one of those people. So I first found out about Snapchatting when I was babysitting someone like maybe eight years ago. <laughs> and she told me about it. Like she was like, 10 at the time and she was like oh my god like there's this thing called snapchat i was like what the fuck is this so we downloaded on my phone so she can do like all the filters or whatever and i was like this is stupid but that is besides the point of our podcast but yes people still um snapchat and i feel like it's very deceiving um just because it can go away but nonetheless yeah so we want to pretty much go about like the basics and, and where to get started so either if you are brand new working with a coach or you just like don't have the money that you know ash just mentioned um where do you start like what do you do like what is your absolute first step and 90 percent of the time I will tell people, or even the way that I started was I started just tracking what I was eating. Right. Mm -hmm. So I downloaded my fitness pal, um, 
I had a little bit of like knowledge of like, you know, I, well, originally I thought like you just had to eat like eggs for breakfast. Um, you know, kind of like a bro mindset, like broccoli, chicken, rice, Mm -hmm. um, sweet potato, steak, green beans kind of thing. And I thought that was all you could eat. And I literally did that. I actually used to eat quinoa and hate quinoa now probably because it's like PTSD. But, um, and I used to do that all the time. And then I would eat like an asshole on the weekends. So um, (laughs) that's kind of like what I thought like starting off with like nutrition should be. But essentially like the greatest thing that you can do for yourself is just start tracking what you're eating. Like you want to know a baseline. You want to know exactly where you're starting, right? So download one of these apps, whether it's MyFitnessPal, I think Fat secrets is another one there's like a ton out there right if you're old school you could even write down the fucking macros on a piece of paper if you want. dude that's what i what i just signed a new athlete and she does it pen and paper i was like bitch you go you go i love that dude i learned how to do it in the middle of my first prep ever because my fitness pal went down for like 48 hours and i was like oh my god so we were yeah we were all like the, me and the other girls on the team were like what the fuck so we brought out our uh, notepad, which is like crazy to think that like, that's how they used to have to do it. Right. So download one of these apps, use a piece of paper, whatever it may be, look at the back of the nutrition box and start just tracking everything you're eating. Um, you know, literally like taking the measurements, seeing the portion controls and the app will figure it out for, you know, kind of tell you your caloric intake, because one thing that I normally see with people when they start tracking is it's very inconsistent from day to day. Right. Yep. Um, so literally when we say like track everything, like track your condiments, like it's, it's not to like judge yourself or to have your coach judge you. It's to bring awareness to kind of like what you're eating, because the, the beauty in this is like, we can kind of see where you're starting. Right. So say you're someone that eats a lot, like say you're eating like 4,000 calories a day, which is a huge amount. And all of a sudden, like you were like, Oh my God, like you don't have to be someone who puts on a diet that's at like 1200 calories just because you're like, Oh, I read that somewhere. But like, if your intake is so high, you can still lose weight at a higher, uh, intake, so to speak, it'll be lower for you specifically, but in the, in the general population or things that you read on the internet, it's still going to be a deficit for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So like what I like to do with like all of my athletes in the beginning is finding like their quote unquote maintenance calories, just so I can see like where they are maintaining. And obviously the best kind of like foolproof method is keeping track of what you're eating, weighing things out and tracking them. But Again, a lot of the times we do that and we don't really think about condiments or like licking spoons or like not measuring out oils. And so sometimes there can be like a little bit of error when it comes with that. And so, you know, they're estimating that they're only eating 1200 calories when in reality they're eating close to 2000, right? Cause then they're not tracking like their drinks and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. So it, you really do have to be like tracking diligently every little thing and weighing things out and tracking them for this exercise to work or you can estimate, right? And obviously, again, I want to emphasize the point that this is an estimation based on a calculation, right? And the kind of like the easiest way to do it is doing your body weight times an activity multiplier, right? And you can go on Google and literally type in finding maintenance calories, body weight multiplier, right? And there are so many different like little charts where it's like, oh, if you are an activity level of like sedentary or below average, for example, the description might be like minimal exercise, normal activity. And you would take your body weight in pounds and multiply it by 12 or 13 or 14, right? That's that's literally just like a, for 
example that I'm looking at right now. So if we use, let's use my, my case, for example. So I weigh 140 pounds and let's say I am below average activity, which is minimal exercise plus like walking. Um, I'd like to estimate more on the lower end just to start, because especially if you start too high with some people and they start to see the scale go up, they kind of freak out. So I do kind of err on the side of caution. If I'm just doing a quick calculation, a quick estimate, because I can always add food and that tends to be easier to receive mentally versus like taking away food because you take away food and people are like, Oh my God, I'm already dieting. And it's like, sometimes just mentally, it's hard to do that. But anyway, back to some math. So I'm going to do 140 times 12. And according to this activity multiplier that, again, I just Googled, they're saying my maintenance calories for below average activity level is roughly 1700, right? That would be a great place to start. And I wouldn't even worry about necessarily like what protein or what carbs or what fat macros should I have yet? I would just like try your best to, you know, match the calorie targets you know, to what you estimated and go from there, because you can always fine tune your nutrition. And as of right now, like what we're working on is building up the fundamentals, building a baseline understanding of how to track your food and how to meet your calorie levels. And then once you know how to meet your calorie levels while eating a a fairly healthy diet, like, you know, you could pick any, any food list that you wanted, right? You could, you know, if you wanted to do like a, a Mediterranean diet, or if you wanted to do I don't know, like a paleo diet or whatever, like don't be so focused on like what diet is best. It's focusing on building up the basic knowledge of the fundamentals and Mm -hmm. being consistent with it. And then from there, once you have that down and you're tracking consistently and accurately, then it's like, okay, well, we could set a protein goal or we could set like a carb goal or a fat goal and, you know, essentially customize it based on how you are feeling and what's happening to your body weight. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I think finding like a starting point is really good. It can be kind of, you know, mentally detrimental to people when they see the scale go up, but mm-hmm. also too, like it's, it's new and everyone's body's going to respond a little bit different. So it's kind of one of those things. It's like, Hey, make adjustments. If you're there and you see that weight spiked completely, you're like, okay, not my maintenance, not my starting point or like vice versa. Right. Um, so like, just know that there is always room for, for adjustments and flexibility. And that's, what's important to that. Like if you start on these calories that you figured out via tracking, um, on an app, um, for maintenance or doing the activity multiplier that Ash just talked us through, um, it's not set in stone. So don't get so caught up on that. Right. But I do agree with Ash that like just starting out for maybe like a week or two or even three, and just trying to hit that calorie goal consistently is really going to not only one, it may change your physique, which is awesome, which is usually what a lot of people want Two, mentally, you're going to feel good. You're going to feel accomplished. You're going to be like, wow, I'm doing six, like I'm feeling successful. Right. And like Ash said, like, don't put too many restrictions on it. Like whether you want to try the paleo diet and then like a week later, you're like, well, shit, like that was really hard for me to hit my calories at that. I don't really enjoy it. Let me try something else completely. Okay. And then like Ash said, like when you get a little bit deeper into understanding like the fundamentals and the basics where you're just like, okay, cool got this. I can hit 1700 calories every day, two weeks in a row, boom, done, Mm. you know, fine tuning. Right. So what would you recommend that, which one would you focus on first? Let's talk about that. When I say, which one I want to talk about our macros, which is our macronutrients, our biggest ones is our proteins, our carbs, and our fats. Mm -hmm. So out of those three, say someone is 
just trying to take it one step further, which you be, okay, let's try and hit carbs. Let's try and hit fats. Let's try and hit protein. Um, and everyone's goal is to, let's just say for this example, the goal is to be healthy, to lose weight, to be able to move a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, this is usually how I start off with any new person is we're actually going to start with protein first. Reason being is that's usually the hardest for people to hit because we Mm -hmm. have no problem eating a bag of Doritos, eating Twizzlers, eating pizza, right? And all of those sources are either carbs and fat with like virtually no protein, right? Maybe if you have like pepperoni on your pizza, okay, great. Three grams of protein per slice. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Right. But since protein is sometimes newer for like a first, a person first starting out, will work on hitting their protein goal. And this is where I don't actually like to do one gram per pound of body weight, because especially if someone's really overweight, like let's say like over 200 pounds and they don't have a lot of muscle tissue. If I have them eating one gram of protein per pound of body weight, that's 200 grams of protein. That's a lot of protein for someone that like eats pizza and chips. Right. So we're probably like not going to be able to fully digest that anyhow. And to eat that, like mentally, they're probably not going to handle it. So depending on the athlete and the person, I actually like to start with one gram of protein per pound of lean body mass, which if you don't know how body fat works, you can literally Google a body fat percentage chart, right? You can also do like measurements or skin calipers or whatever, but all you really have to do to have a foolproof system is like Google that body chart image, and then look at a picture of you naked, right? And be honest with yourself. Like if you don't have six pack abs, I'm sorry, you're probably not going to be like 12% body fat. You know what I'm saying? So be honest with yourself and it is okay. It's good to be vulnerable with yourself so you can learn to change. But then from there, let's say the person is like the estimated 28% body fat. Then what you can do is take your body weight. So let's take, you know, again, my, my example, I'm roughly like, I would say 25% body fat. Maybe that's a little generous, but I'm going to take my weight, which is 140 pounds and multiply that by 0.25, which is 25%. So as of right now, that would give me my fat in pounds, which is 35 pounds. So if I subtract 35 from 140, I get 105. So that would be my lean body mass. And therefore, if I wanted my protein to be one gram per lean pound of mass, that's 105 grams of protein. That's where I would start. And then from there, how many meals can I feasibly eat throughout the day? For me, Mm -hmm. I eat four meals, four meals a day, right? I could eat five, but I don't want to. So I eat four. So how can I make this work? Well, I'm just going to take 105 and divide it by four meals, which averages out to 26.25 grams. So we'll say 26 grams of protein. So if I want to hit my protein goal of 26 grams per meal, I'm going to make sure that I eat enough chicken or egg whites or whey protein or steak or whatever to meet that requirement of 26 grams of protein per meal. And that's how I would start with an athlete, just gaining the awareness of prioritizing your protein first And then, you know, we can talk about hitting a fat goal or a carb goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the lean body mass one is a huge um, point here because um, a lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to go in with my body weight. And like you said, like 200 grams of protein for somebody who is not used to eating anywhere near that much. Like I don't even eat that much. And we, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you don't either. Uh, maybe I don't. almost did. I was at, I was at 200 on my training days. <laughs> That's disgusting. Um, for, and Ash is, you know, like 
140 pounds and she was a little bit less at this time when she was eating this much. So it was like, yes, that is a lot. And, you know, granted we're bodybuilders, we can eat that much, like, right. But like when someone is unable to kind of, or is not used to eating that, like you may even feel like a little bit of like bloating and things like that. So it can be really uncomfortable because protein is a little bit harder for us to digest um, and kind of like break down those things, especially like we said, like, I'm just literally going to like put so much emphasis on it when you're not used to doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can always increase, like we talked about, you know, a few moments ago, it's like, you can always fluctuate these numbers too. Right. And as you get further into your fitness journey, your lean body mass number is going to go up. So this number is going to change as well. Um, something that I personally like to do is like, I kind of, yes, I will be on the lower side for protein for my athletes, um, to start off with, um, especially if their lifestyle, um, because it is really hard to hit. And that is a huge issue that I normally see people having a problem with like, Oh, like, what can I do? Or, they get so focused on it, which is in, you know, with a grain of salt, don't be like hyper-focused on it. They'll start doing what um, we talked about before we got on here is like eating four protein bars a day. And that is, is not going to be beneficial. Um, not only is like, you probably going to go over in your other macros, but like, it's just not the best sources of protein. Um, you probably will have really nasty poops and farts to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, like, so that is, is another thing is like, they'll, I've seen that like people will be like, okay, like I'm having three protein shakes a day in order for me to hit that or all of these protein bars. Um, so things like that are just like to take into consideration too. And like working your way up. Um, so I think the lean body mass is, is really crucial rather than just going off of your total weight. Um, Ash mentioned next about kind of like figuring out your fats. So now you have your, your protein. And before we move on to the next one, it's kind of like, Okay, so you can see that, you know, say we're on this 1700 calorie example that Ash talked about, and we have um, the 105 grams of protein. So how many calories is that actually going to be? You multiply that by four, right? So that because one gram of protein is honestly four calories, right? So that's going to be 420. Um, 420. <laughs> 420 what up <laughs> my god we're losers okay so 1700 and then you want to subtract that 420 right so that leaves you 1280 calories left and that is kind of what you deviate between carbs and fats so how do you figure out which one is where um you know there are different diets out there people who want to do keto will probably favor fats a little bit more there is nothing wrong with keto if that's your choice you can do that um but as far as like figuring out fats do you have any recommendations as to like where you normally start like percentage wise or gram wise for people mm -hmm. um based on that caloric intake or just is there like a certain set point that like you start and you like don't go any less than there yeah, I mean, this really just does depend on the athlete and what they can digest. And also, like, are we talking like a functional health case? Do they have digestive issues? Or are they missing their period? Because that will honestly dictate how much fat I do program for them. But let's take, you know, me, for example, um, where we're not like working through through any um, functional health cases, we're doing the 1700 calories um, as my quote unquote maintenance, which of course it's not, that's very, very low for me, but let's do 1700. And usually I like to start about like 20%, right? So if I take 20% of that 1700 calories, 
I get 340 calories, right? So that would be my allocation toward fat. Now we have to remember that fat macros are very dense, right? They have a lot of calories. So rather than the four calories per gram of protein and carbs that we talked about earlier, it has nine grams. So we're going to take those 340 calories and divide it by nine. And I get roughly like we'll round up to 38 grams of fat, which I will say for a female that is low. Mm -hmm. Um, so I probably would go ahead and bump that up to 40, maybe even 45 grams and go from there. But again, it's like, we're not worried about the exact science. We're worrying about like creating something that we can be consistent with. So I would say 45, maybe even 50 grams of fat is pretty good starting for a female. So let's say we're going to go ahead and take 45 grams. So I said that twice. So we're going to take 45 grams of fat multiply that by nine, that's 405 calories, right? So we subtract that from our 1700 total. And then we subtract that from our 420, because that was the calories for protein. We are left with, let me get out my calculator. So 17 minus 420 minus the 875. I think it's 875. Yeah, that sounds about right. Right. So we're left with 875 calories left. So then that would be what is left over for our carbs. And all you can find out to find out how many grams of carbs that is, you take the 875 and divide it by four, which is roughly 218.75. So we'll just round up to 220, right? So my quote unquote starting macros would be 105 protein, uh, 220 carb, and we'll say 45 fat. And that's what I would try to hit consistently within, you know, we'll say five grams of protein and carbs and three grams of fat, right? Because like, I don't want to be super neurotic playing macro Tetris, trying to get exactly, you know, that like, you know, numbers that I calculated, right? Because it's not law, it's an estimation. The whole point in this exercise is to be consistent with it over time and then move things up or down based on what happens to my body weight. Because obviously if I did start to eat this diet, I would lose weight rather quickly, right? Because that's not like my actual estimation of maintenance, but starting out for someone that like isn't very active and is just trying it, this might be a, a fairly decent place to start. And then of course you can always add food or take away food based on what your body does. It's important to remember though, the body weight fluctuates day to day, you know, hydration, sleep, food volume, poop, like all of these things and more, and especially if you're female and you're having a normal menstrual cycle, fluid shifts are completely normal, which is why it's good to look at weekly averages. And for females that are normal, healthy menstruating women to even look month to month, because your different phases of your follicular and luteal phases, because of the shift in your hormones that also manipulates water retention. So Sometimes these things can take a little bit longer than we're willing to give them time for, but I urge you to be your own coach and to be patient. So you can actually see if the changes that you're making or working or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, that was like kind of like a lot of information. So I'm just going to do like a little mini recap before we dive into a few more things that we want to talk about, such as like divvying up the macros that we just calculated into meals and being even our food list and like staying consistent. And then we'll do like a little bit of how to, again, fine tune and um, raise the standard or bar for yourself a little bit more when it comes to like bodybuilding and training. So in order for, you know, to start off, track your calories, figuring them out maintenance calories wise, you can either, you know, track them 
or you can use a multiplier with your activity. Like Ash said, gave you the example, um, aim for that one gram per protein or one gram of protein per lean body mass, 20% of fats. Um, one tidbit I do want to say here is I usually typically, yeah, like Ash said, I will not start anyone probably like 42 grams. That's usually like a number, like um, in my mind, um, just based on like myself, people I've worked with, um, 42 and anything below, but this is advanced because Ash and I know a lot of like hormonal reasons behind having enough fats. Mm -hmm. um, so like, that's why I'm like 42, nothing less. Um, so if you're kind of like Ash said, like at that 40 mark, start there, see how it goes. Anything lower, uh, that's not something that I would personally recommend. Um, but obviously, like Ash said, be your own coach, advocate for yourself make the fluctuations that you need. Um, and then the rest are going to be carbs and figuring that out, you know, again, protein, one gram of protein equals four calories, one gram of fat equals nine calories, one gram of carbs equals four calories as well. And then figuring out all the math. So based on the example that we, we talked about, I want to dive into kind of spreading macros out evenly throughout the day. And uh, because this is another issue that me and Ash kind of see with, with, starting out right is people will get to the end of the day and they're like holy fuck i still have 80 grams of protein to eat um i have two grams of fat and i have 40 carbs like what am i gonna do like eat seven cartons of egg whites no that's that's not gonna happen right so um with that being said you know you want to take those numbers so we have the 105 protein 45 fat and the 220 carbs. So Ash said she likes to eat four meals a day. So all you're going to do is divide that by four. And it roughly comes to, you know, like 26 grams of protein, 11 grams of fat and 55 grams of carbs per meal. Mm -hmm. So then when you kind of have those numbers in your head, it makes it a little bit easier for tracking, easier for you to stay on track, easier for you to not only, you know, hit these numbers because you're consistent throughout the day, but also digestion will be a lot better when you're this consistent. Um, when you're eating your meals spaced out, hunger cues will be a lot better. You're not going to be sitting there worrying about, oh my God, when's my next meal? Do I need a snack? Do I need this? Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of like, you know, grabbing this and then putting it in your tracking thing. You're like, okay, cool. My next meal, when I sit down, I'm going to have X, Y, and Z. So when you are meal planning too, it just makes it so much easier. Um, you're like, okay, breakfast, here's my numbers. All I got to do is figure out what's going to, what am I, what am I going to do to hit those numbers? Right. Um, so I do think that that is a really, really important key when you're first starting out. Um, like for me personally, um, which we'll get into this topic as well. I have a pre and post meal. Those are always the same macros. And then my other two meals for the day are exactly the same um, as each other um, for, for intake wise. Yeah. And when it comes to your food sources, keep it simple, right? Do not need to, you do not need to like macro hack anything. You don't need to look up these like elaborate, you know, recipes, like keep it simple, like keep it simple to the point of like, you know, single ingredient food items and enjoy the foods that you're eating. Right. Cause I know a lot of times the fitness industry is like, Oh, food is fuel. Like, it doesn't matter if it tastes good or not. Like that's bullshit. Like the food should taste good. You shouldn't be eating boiled chicken, like boiled chicken's gross. Right. Oh. I, I did that when I was balls deep in my eating disorder. Right. Because I was like, for whatever reason, like I just wanted to make myself suffer, suffer and suffering I did, but you can enjoy your food and still eat healthy, right? Like this is where fresh herbs and seasonings or like different like seasoning packs can be like very, very helpful. Like salt and pepper are not the only seasonings out there. You know what I'm saying? So like, enjoy your food, just keep it simple. Mm -hmm. If you're not someone that likes chicken breast, don't fucking eat chicken breast. Like 
it's not rocket science, but I feel like some people are, are like, they, they almost demonize eating where it's like, you should just eat it and be grateful. Like, yeah, you should be grateful for the food on your plate. Don't get me wrong. Like we express gratitude early in the podcast, but if you don't like chicken breast, but you fuck with chicken thighs, bro, that is a great way to hit your protein and your fat goal. So not mm-hmm. only are you hitting your protein goal, you're hitting your fat goal. Guess what? Now all you need is carbs. Do you like white rice? Do you like brown rice? Are you one of those weirders that, that do like quinoa? Okay. Eat, put some quinoa in there. What vegetable do you like? Oh, I really enjoy asparagus. Great. Oh, hey, broccoli's the tits. I really like broccoli. Cool. Eat some broccoli, right? Mm-hmm. What about bell peppers? Fucking do it up, right? Enjoy variety. Enjoy single ingredient food items closest to their natural sources, either found in nature or whatever, and just stay consistent. Like don't overthink it. Have fun with your meals and be creative in the kitchen, right? Like eating should not be a chore. It should not be something that is inconvenience to you. So if you're viewing it as such, maybe rethink about how you are setting up your nutrition plan. So that way you can find enjoyment in your cooking. I'm not saying you need to be fucking Gordon Ramsay, but you shouldn't also be a college dorm kid, like, you know, microwaving ramen and wondering why, like you're hungry all the time and you feel like poop. Yes, I think too also. So it can be definitely hard. I'm going to be a little bit of like the devil's advocate when you're going from eating pizza and chips and stuff to trying to eat these simpler foods, right? Like mentally, it's going to be hard. But like Ashley said, like you have to learn how to have like fun with it, use seasonings, try things out that you like. Um, One thing I will say too is, and I guarantee, I, I, oh my God, like I swear by this because backstory growing up, all I ate was ramen, um, peanut butter crackers because I did not like bread. Um, what type of peanut butter crackers though? Like, was it like a specific brand? Cause that matters. Oh, it was salt. No, it was saltines and like peanut butter. Like I made them myself. Okay. That, that slaps. That slaps. That's forgivable. Yeah. No, not like the orange crackers. I know I couldn't like my mind could not understand orange crackers growing up. Um, and then mac and cheese. And that was pretty much my diet all and, um, all the way probably until I was like 18. And then I started eating like pizza, chicken nuggets. And like, that was like the next step. Right. Um, so like I was a very picky eater growing up. So then I created all these bad, bad food habits, so to speak. And I say that with, you know, in quotations, but I understood that it was like hard to maybe like get rid of like these candies or things that you've always been eating for a long time. But I can promise you, and I swear by this, that when you start eating these simpler whole foods, your cravings for those other foods really go down. You will not want them as much. Um, you know, like sugar's addicting, um, these greasy foods are addicting as well as, um, you know, you will also think to yourself, like you'll, you'll feel different when you eat them and like, it's uncomfortable. Right. So I know like at first it can be definitely kind of hard. I don't say like completely eliminate everything. Like it's going to happen over a gradual period of time, but I do think like keeping it simple one, um, is, is going to benefit your physique. It's going to benefit your progress as well as like your mindset too, because you will not have all of these extra cravings. You will not feel that, that guilt, so to speak, that comes with it sometimes. Um, as well as like you, you literally just start to feel better. Like I noticed my sleep getting better, my energy getting better. Performance was a lot better. Um, digestion, like my, my poops are like type four, well, not right now because I'm constipated, but, um, you know, if you don't know what type four is, look up a Bristol stool stool chart, you'll understand. But I do think with, you know, enjoying the, the simplicity of food is something that like we've kind of lost touch with and it, it definitely makes things one easier. And then two, like Ash said, like you don't have to eat, like when we say simple, you don't have to just eat like 
plain broccoli, plain rice, and plain chicken. Like, have fun with it. Use your seasonings. I mean, if you've never seen, which I don't know if you've done like a full day of eating in like a while or posted your food in, in quite some time, but um, Ash has like always like a very pretty plate with like a bunch of like herbs, spices, um, things from her garden, um, a lot of different um fruits and vegetables and things and, and textures, which I think we just kind of lose sight of. And it, it honestly, it like, when you just eat something at it's like pure value, like a tomato, it tastes so much better than when it's like completely processed, been through all of these different, um, additive scenario thing. So yes, keeping it simple is, is really important when it comes to further down in your journey. Um, and like I said, it just makes the process a lot simpler. And then like, again, I can't emphasize the importance enough of enjoyment. Like a lot of people forget. And sometimes I forget too. I used to be morbidly obese. You don't get morbidly obese by eating broccoli, right? When I ate broccoli, I put like half a cup of cheese whiz on it. And that is not like an exaggeration. That's, yeah. Cheese, like, cheese, like, the, like the can? Not the can. There's, there's a jar, right? There was a jar of like canned cheese whiz that we used to buy. Um, and that's how we would eat our broccoli is we'd have like a serving of broccoli with like half a cup of this cheese substance on it. Right. Like that's like, you don't get like morbidly obese by just eating broccoli. You eat like cheese with broccoli. Like what? So I've heard yeah. like people putting like shredded cheese on there, but like, no, like cheese whiz, like, 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 yeah, like that's it's almost the same consistency of like nacho cheese. Um, but it's not cheese. It's not real cheese. It's science scoop, but that's like how I used to eat broccoli. Right. So the point is like, if I can like lose half my body weight, like it is going to change. You're going to have to change your habits, right. And changing your mindset and changing how you live life, but it is for the better. But the thing is you have to stay consistent with it. So like if you are estimating your calories and you're like, Oh, well, I did extra activity today or, Oh, I'm extra hungry today. I'm going to give myself a little food bump. It's like, no, stay consistent with it. You have to be able to remove your emotions from data. And then do a once a week check-in with yourself like you would a coach, right? Because the whole point of this podcast is for you to be your own coach. So if you've been consistent for a week, and let's say you've been consistent with two weeks of this nutrition, right? The 1700 calories, and you've noticed that your body weight is trending downward. You notice that when you're in the gym, your training is not good. You notice that, you know, you're feeling lethargic. You are feeling hungry. Okay, guess what? you are not eating at maintenance if your body weight is dropping. So this right. is where you can give yourself like a five, 10% calorie bump and deviate however you think is best for your overall adherence and then go from there. But the important thing is to stay consistent, keep it simple and to remove your emotions from the data, which is why it's good to once a week, take some photos, you know, fill out a check-in sheet of your body weight and your biofeedback and be your own coach and make the best decision for your athlete. So you'll be wearing two hats, the athlete hat and the coach hat. So as an athlete, be honest with your check-in as a coach, remove your emotion from these decisions, right? That's how you're going to like change your physique on your own, but you have to stay consistent and you have to make sure that you continue to like do the checklist of what needs to be done so you can be successful. Yeah. And like, for me, consistent means like pretty much like every day of the week. Right. Uh, I mean, granted, you can have like a free meal here and there, but I see a lot of people blow it on the weekends. And that's like very common. It's like, Oh, Monday through Friday, when you're on your routine, you're on your schedule, you're going to work, I can do it. And then come Saturday and Sunday, the consistency falls off. Right. Uh, and that's where we see a lot of lost progress or, you know, lack of progress. Right. So um, you have to be honest with yourself and knowing that like, okay, like, 
the weekends are going to be a little bit tougher, but that is when you really, really need to pull out that motivation and be like, okay, cool. Like I have to stay consistent in order for me to get to my goals. So tidbit, I used to suffer on the weekends too. Like I said, like I see like an asshole on the weekends. So I have made, um, starting out like my free day for everything in my life is Tuesdays, right? So typically like when I have a free meal, it's usually on a Tuesday. Um, that is the day I check in with my coach. And then I have the rest of the week to maintain consistency, um, through like the rest of my meals and my, and my, or my nutrition as well as, as training. So I do think consistency is, is literally the biggest driver when it comes to all of this. Um, you know, if you're like, okay, cool. I can't figure out my macros, my meals per meal, but I can figure out my calories and I can be consistent with that for, you know, three weeks that's still going to give you progress. Right. And then like Ash said, when that progress kind of stalls, it's like, okay, cool. Let me take my emotions out. Like, what do I need to do next? Okay, cool. Like I probably do need to figure out some, some protein intake, right. And be consistent with that. But like she said, you have to have that realization that like in order for you to continue to get better, like you do have to fine tune things and you do have to take your emotions out of it. And you do have to be like, okay, cool. Like let's, let's buckle down. Let's get better. Um, and then lastly, like the thing I really want to touch on here as well is tying this into being a little bit more advanced with your nutrition and you've got all of this down and how it applies to, so to speak, bodybuilding. Um, we want to build up those muscles and those are our goals because essentially that's, that's a big focus on this podcast here is bodybuilding. So the biggest thing you can do is after you've kind of like, let's call it graduation, right? You know, we've graduated from tracking all of our macros and doing this for a really long time. And by I mean like a long time, like I'm, I've, I'm talking like six months consistency, like a decent amount of time, not like, cool, I did it for three weeks. And then my birthday came and I said, fuck it for the next six months, like six months consistency, people like, let's be real here. Yep. Um, so when you've kind of got to that point where you can consistently, not just track, but consistently hit those fucking numbers, like, let's be clear on that, not just be like, oh, I'm consistently putting things in this app, you need to be consistent with hitting those things within the three to five grams. Because um, triple zeros is bullshit. Don't let anyone fool you on that. Um, but you, the next step would be focusing on peri-workout nutrition. And what we mean about that is your pre, post, and intra. So intra is the middle, pre is before your training, post is after your training. Um, I can say a lot about this, but I want Ash to talk about it mostly because she does have a guide um, and she has done a lot of, of research and implementation as well as I have, but um, I want Ash to take the, the reins on this one. Yeah. So ideally, how do we set it up, right? Because really, it doesn't matter as much as you think it does when it comes to setting it up, because like, just because it looks good on pen and paper, you tried out IRL and you're like, oh, wow, this was way too much food pre-workout. All I can do is all I'm doing is like burping and like, mm -hmm. or maybe even worse, I'm like shitting my pants and having diarrhea because I didn't give my body enough time to digest my mm -hmm. food. So keep in mind, a lot of this will be trial and error. I think it's good to err on the side of caution when it comes to setting up your peri-workout nutrition, just so that way you can always work up. But obviously if you like go too aggressive and your body's not able to handle it, it may put you off to the idea altogether. But mm -hmm. first let's talk about like why we might want to do this anyway. And really it's going to be to per, um, increase your performance. Like obviously when we're training, like we want to supply our body with energy when it comes to not only our brain, but the working muscles and other cells to, you know, increase, you know, our, our energy, our training performance, our intensity, we can push harder for longer. 
Um, we can, you know, obviously repair while we are training. So that way we're having better recovery. And then obviously when we're done training, really emphasize good nutrition so we can recover before our next training session. So we are growing tissue, we're improving body composition and you know, we're hitting our goals as bodybuilders. So how do we want to set it up? Well, let's go back to my 1700 calorie example where I'm eating 220 grams of carbs. What I might do is instead of spreading out the nutrition evenly throughout the day and having 55 grams of carbs per meal, I might start with my peri-workout nutrition, 50% of my carbs um, spread out between my pre, my intra, and my post-workout. So what does that mean? That means I'm going to take 220 and multiply that by 50%. So that means around my peri-workout, I want to distribute 110 grams of carbs between my pre, my intra, and my post. Now, personally, what I like to do is I like to take my pre and my intra carbs and have them total my post. So an easy way to get this done is I would just take my 110 grams of carbs and I'll say divide it by two, right? 55 grams of carbs. I want that 55 in my post which means my pre and my intra, I want some combination to total my post. So for my pre-workout, I might go ahead and put, you know, let's say 40 grams of carbs in my pre. And then my intra, that would be 15 grams. So like a little bit of Gatorade with my amino acids and my creatine, right? That would total my 55 grams between my pre and my intra, which equals my 55 grams of post, right? So then around my peri-workout window of 50% of my total daily carbs would be shuttled into my training session, right? To help fuel my training and to help like boost performance and enhance recovery. Again, 50% is not really that much, especially when we use an example of spreading food out evenly. So because that is kind of a less aggressive approach, I might bump up to 75%, right? Because that's a little bit more aggressive and it makes a bit more sense because my carbs are 220. So if you wanted to take, for example, the 220 carb for uh, example and do the 75%, you're going to do obviously 220 times 0.75 and you'll get 165 carb, which obviously is a lot higher than 110. But then you rinse and repeat the same process. You can take that number, divide it by two to get, you know, your post-workout calories um, or your post-workout grams of carbs, for example, and then, you know, alter your pre and your intra. And that's just, again, one way of doing it. There's really no right or wrong answer. You have to figure out what works best for you. So that way you can not only digest the foods that you're eating, but you are utilizing them for performance. Because again, like if you eat too much or not enough, like you might have digestive upset or you might feel really lethargic when you train. So really you have to play around with not only the percentage of carbs that you're utilizing, but also the sources. And it just takes time. So mm -hmm. don't get frustrated at first if you don't notice a difference or anything like that, because since you are being your own coach, much like Asher and I would, we have to play around with what we're doing for our athletes for it to make sense. So they can stick with it long-term. Agreed. Yes. And I think like, that's usually 
those are usually the first two meals that I adjust when it comes to, to my athletes and their macros. Like those are usually the first two that I kind of toggle with to see where we're at based on like their response, which is like, you know, their performance. Are they feeling extremely bloated? Are they not feeling well while they're training? Are they nauseous the whole entire time? Mm -hmm. Do they feel like they can't train as hard because they're so stuffed? So that's typically where I'll go first. And, or I will ask them because like you said, food sources and, and timing play a role here. So typically I'm like, Hey, if we're going to eat this much food, like you've got to wait at least 60 minutes, like anywhere from 60 to 90 minutes. That's usually like my, my, uh, hard pass on like anything less than that. Like your body's not going to be able to digest it. We're not going to utilize it for all the reasons that you said. Um, as well as like, you probably will feel like shit or you get like a cramp, which is like terrible and like so inconvenient while you're training. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like sources matter. Right. So, um, one thing that we didn't mention, and this is like going further down the rabbit hole of being more advanced is, you know, we talked about dividing up the carbs. And then as far as fats, like I usually keep them really low. I, for me personally, I try and have like trace fats. And then for my athletes that are still kind of learning in this process, I'm like, Hey dude, like five grams or less, like, you know, max, like maybe eight. Um, but that's just, that's just my personal preference on that when they are training to become bodybuilders and get on stage, um, because fat does slow down our digestive process. Right. And we want to be able to use utilize like those carbs that we just uh, intake for our training sessions, for our recovery sessions and for performance, right. During that time that we are actually training. So I do think food sources matter a ton in this. And again, we're going to go back to what we previously talked about, about keeping it extremely simple. Um, I am going to say my post or my pre-workout meal, and then we'll have Ash talk about hers too. And we're kind of, I'm assuming they'll probably be very similar, maybe as far as like the simplicity of food, we'll find out. Um, so my pre-workout meal, which um, people are probably going to think is disgusting, is I have white rice. I have 99% lean ground chicken. I have a banana and I have honey and salt, a fuck ton of salt and some potassium on there. Um, and that's it. Um, it's got a salty, sweet kind of effect. I like it. Um, it's simple. It's easy. I digest really well. I've never had any issues of like burping, indigestion, stomach pain. Uh, it, it's so simple. And I use, I use organic honey. Let's say that too. Um, yeah, fancy, um, that it just digests well. And I perform really, really well on it. Yeah. Mine follows kind of like the same quote unquote formula for me. My protein is going to be a whey isolate, which digests like nothing. Yeah. Um, I use bowl of gains from, um, fuck, what's fucking flavor God from flavor God. Yeah. Flavor gang. Um, from Ross Flanagan, code Ross, save, save some monies. Um, mm -hmm. but I use bowl of gains, which is just cream of rice, um, but flavored. And then I have a fruit source. Um, the fruit source this week is raspberries because I love raspberries. And, um, I will add a little bit of fat in my pre-workout. Um, I'll have, um, like five grams of coconut oil, which is mostly an MCT oil because you can, um, actually use that as like fuel during training. And it's a, a way that you can kind of stay a little bit leaner because, your body isn't going to automatically store that. Um, whereas it tends to store like fats easier because there's no real breakdown process going on. But if you're using like more simple fats, like an MCT oil, you can actually use that more for energy rather than quick storage. So I do like that, but again, I don't like load up fats around my, my training, especially pre, cause it is going to slow down digestion and you can have it slow, for like more sustained energy, but you don't want it like so slow where you're like doing like the burp dance and you're mm -hmm. like, you know, especially when you're hitting those hard sets, but five grams of coconut oil for me is plenty. And then intra is Gatorade, hexagen, synthogen, creatine, salt, 
like I use a lot of salt around this and post-workout kind of the same formula as ash. Um, I'll do chicken, white rice. I'll throw in a green bean, lots of salt, another fruit, call it a day. So that's so funny that we're like opposite. Cause like my post-workout is like my cream of rice, um, blueberries and my, um, whey isolate protein. <laughs> that's so funny. That is hilarious, but I don't change my fruits. Like I said, like I'm very simple. Like I always have a banana pre-workout and I always have blueberries post-workout. Like I, I, I haven't changed my meals probably in 18 months to be honest with you guys. Damn. Um, yeah, I do. Well, I got on that gut protocol and I pretty much eat still like the same foods. Um, what, I mean, they're higher FODMAP. They're not like low FODMAP, but, um, yeah. And I just, I like what I eat. Um, I just use pretty much like salt. I don't use a lot of seasonings. Um, like I said, like I'm very simple, but, um, and then my intro, which, um, I will say is probably not the best idea. Um, I have orange juice and that can sometimes create like some acid buildup and burping for some people, um, during their, their lifting. But I fucking like the way that it tastes with my grape, um, synergen from Morphogen. Um, I know that I know you're, I knew you were going to make that face. It's so, it's such an acquired taste. And I'm like, sure. It's like people listening to this are like, that's so fucking nasty, like grape and orange juice, but I love it. I, I don't know what's wrong with me. You but know I'm what? Like don't yuck someone else's yum. So I'm going <laughs> to take that face back because like, I know some people probably hear me like eating green beans and cinnamon are like, bitch is nasty. So you know what? Yeah. It's their own. Yeah. So that that's kind of like our little rundown for our meals, but I know this podcast was a little bit um, heavy, but I think it was extremely informative for all of you guys out there that are either looking to start, um, don't know where to start coaching yourself because of everything that has been going on with the economy. And I can't believe student loans are going to be a thing again. Like that's so fucked, um, but it is what it is. Right. Um, so, you know, just trying to figure out, I, th- I would say the main, I'm going to talk about what I think the main key points are, and then Ash can maybe do a tidbit unless she just agrees with me. But the main thing is, is finding that, you know, ma- hey, that I wish you guys could like see us sometimes, um, the maintenance calories, um, being consistent, that's going to be like my biggest piece of advice for all of you guys. And I think is going to be the highest thing on this list is um, being consistent with what you're doing. Um, and then the second thing would be being real with yourself and knowing that in order for you to continue to advance is like, you need to make these adjustments, you need to make these changes and fine tune these things, right? There's always more and more and more options. And that's why we kind of went through that thing like, hey, first calories, then protein, then, you know, fats and carbs, then breaking the meals up into even meals. Then after that, it's, you know, if you want to get more advanced, it's, you know, your peri-workout nutrition, right? And we can go continue to go down this rabbit hole. But the biggest thing is one, staying consistent for a decent amount of time to see the progress and the results that you want. And then B, being real with yourself and knowing like, hey, like in order for me to continue to get better, I'm going to have to make changes and changes are okay. They're not scary, right? You might've made a lot of progress with where you're at, but that minute that progress starts to slow, you have to be like, okay, cool. Like, I need something more and always maintain that, that hungry attitude to provide like the best for yourself. Right. So those are going to be the two things that I think is most important for you guys to, to take away from um, all of the the great information that we put out on this podcast today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have nothing really to add, but obviously it can get really overwhelming, like navigating everything. So if you guys want, like I can, I'm more than happy to send you guys the food list that I send my athletes just so that way it takes out the think portion of like, well, what food sources should I be eating? Right. Because obviously it can be so overwhelming to 
like want to fine tune everything and optimize everything and you end up missing like the forest for the trees. And so if you just want to focus on your calories and your macros and not worry about a food list, just DM me and I'll send you the food list that I send my athletes when they're tracking macros. And if you are that advanced person that wants to like maybe take their training and performance to the next level and wants to kind of learn more about peri-workout nutrition outside of the information that I, we provided in the podcast, I do have a really in-depth guide that's you know, really, it's really cheap. It's only 25 bucks, you guys, but it goes down, shows all the math, shows you like food sources, breaks it down. I have troubleshooting issues, real case studies. So if you guys are interested in that, it's a one-time Venmo payment and I will send that your way. But hopefully this podcast has been insightful for you guys to learn how to be your own coach and learn how to set up the diet and learn about the basics. And then also a little bit of um, advanced nutrition concepts as well, sprinkled in at the end, but really just to like sum everything up, Keep it simple, stay consistent, remove emotion from data so you can actually learn to be your own coach. And again, be patient three, six months plus so you can learn enough and develop those skills when it comes to tracking. And then I think next week we can talk about like training as well, because obviously a lot of people are going to have questions because we did a cardio, we did nutrition. So we'll go ahead and talk about like setting up a training program that you can stick with just so that way you can make progress on your own if you can't afford a coach. But until next time, peace. Adios.